guys. I hope everyone is doing well right now. Final weeks are coming to a close. Tomorrow's our last day. I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited. Um, Just it's been a stressful semester and year to say the least, but um, hope everyone is doing well. And um, welcome to my podcast today. Uh, I'm Eve Alexander, your host. And today I will be answering the research question, how do individual genetic predispositions contribute to the disease model of alcoholism? And this is kind of a mouthful of a question. So basically with my research question, I'm just curious about the biology behind alcoholism And I just wanted to know more about the genetic factors that can trigger it, um, as well as just looking at the disease model of alcoholism. And instead of looking at alcoholism as something that individuals can control, the disease model of alcoholism looks at it as like a medical condition that can be treated So we're trying to change the stigma around alcoholism um, and stop viewing individuals as being lazy or, you know, hurtful uh, towards other individuals and seeing it more so as, uh, as an illness. So that's what the disease model of alcoholism is. And in my research question, I'm just seeing, like, how genetics affect that and strengthen it as well. And this research question hits pretty close to home for me. Um, I really was interested in the topic of alcoholism in general because um, the father's side of my family, everyone basically has some form or stage or level of alcoholism. Um, My grandfather um, died because of it. Um, mainly just due to like the decline of his liver, just drinking too much. So it really just was a topic that I wanted to learn more about. Um, my dad has been sober for 30 years and he is a sponsor for um, recovering alcoholics. So I've always grown up hearing his stories. And so this is just a topic that's really close to home for me. Um, I also chose this uh, research question because when I was looking at the podcasts uh, as part of Allie Ward, Ward's ology collections, um, I watched the addictionology episode and I just found it to be really intriguing. And in addition, I chose this because while I'm not specifically interested in science in general, the soft sciences like sociology really interest me. I am also going to be a sociology major, but addictionology kind of fits in with the like behavior patterns of addiction and drinking. So this was something that really hit home to me on a lot of different levels. Before diving into my research on, you know, individual genetic predispositions and how they contribute to the disease model of alcoholism, I didn't really know anything specific about the topic. I really just knew that there's a whole other side to alcoholism and that most definitely there is hereditary and genetic predispositions in family members. But um, through my research, I really 
gained more enthusiasm for the subject, learning all of these interesting tidbits. For example, one of the sources, the first sources that I came across um, from Edinburgh, it was article titled Genetics of Alcoholism, um, Identifying Genes Through Family Studies. Um, and through this research presented in the article, I just learned of the identification of chromosomal regions containing genes that influence alcoholism risk and also um, specific phenotypes that correlate to alcoholism. Um, so they just broke down DNA basically and it was just very interesting because we never really put a microscope on this subject and look exactly, you know, what causes um, and triggers alcoholism. Um, I've learned more about environmental factors about alcoholism and um, the influence of family members drinking and how that affects children. Um, but definitely, I dive more into the scientific view of alcoholism. Um, it was also very interesting. I discovered that there's a huge genome database um, in general, but also specifically for um, the tracking of alcoholism genes, addiction genes, you know, substance abuse, opioid abuse. So now there's so much more to pull from when conducting research and just the whole field of um, neuroimmune interactions like in brain function between alcohol-related disorders has expanded so much. Um, and on that note, um, the article that I read, um, Neuroimmune Interactions in Brain Function and Alcohol-Related Disorders, um, also provided information about that connection between the neuroimmune research and the alcohol abuse disorders. Um, Something very interesting about that was the cytokine responses um, that happen in the brain, um, in the brain of an alcoholic. So with that, it's just that these cytokine responses promote persistent excessive alcohol abuse because there is an, an inflammatory response when the alcoholic drinks and it just creates a loop of constant positive feedback and that just feeds the addiction and maintains it. So it's a constant vicious cycle of drinking because there's a sense of pleasure and it's almost at that point, it feels like it's out of the person's control to read. And then another very interesting source, um, and I had never heard this before. Uh, this was very interesting. It uh, was from a study called Alcoholism Genes and Mechanisms um, conducted by um, Arosi. And it was just describing alcoholism as like a classic pharmacogenomic disease. That's a very kind of difficult word for me to pronounce. <laughs> but a pharma pharmacogenomic disease, it's just saying that in the sense that alcohol is essential to the onset of alcoholism. Basically that if it's a pharmacogenomic disease that it requires the drug to create the addiction so that if an alcoholic never had alcohol in his hands, then it would never really start. But of course the biologic components play a factor, but also environmental factors um, also contribute to whether or not that alcoholic does grab a drink.
Um, so to reflect on answering this research question, it was um, very intriguing to me since it's such a it's a topic close to me. But in the process, I used a lot of Boolean keywords to conduct research. I used the scavenger hunt method we learned earlier on in the semester by just scrolling down to the end of articles and looking at those references cited. And as uh, the process of my research changed as my research question was modified. I changed it from solely focusing on the disease model to then switching that to how genetic predispositions affect the disease model. And the most helpful um, piece of like research I found was probably um, research studies because they were just very tangible scientific results. And in general, I really didn't come into any invalid information because everything I used was peer-reviewed. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and stay safe.